This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Commencing garage logic segment number one. Did I already do that? Yep, but that's okay. Great man, we got her. Definitely. Boy, you could you could make the argument that we almost broke the news of Franken's resignation yesterday, right on this show in the two o'clock hour. I thought that's a phrase we're not supposed to use. What? You could make the argument that no, no. Be, that being arguably said, is the one you can't use. And I'm that sorry. being said, that, that being, being said, you're right. I'm sorry. That being said, merely says you want both sides of the same argument. Mm-hmm. And we don't yep. do that. We don't. We don't. We don't do that. Man up, Rock. Oh, may I have the temperature? 16. It's very wintry. Yeah, it is. It's very cold. She was brisk this morning. I think what we witnessed today in the resignation of Franken was political theater. Okay, and um, I just want to thank... Political calculation. I want to thank Dennis, a listener. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Dennis. I'm not <laughs> sure if it was Dennis or not, but um, who took the time and the care... Uh, and the thoughtfulness to email us and let us know at the, that uh, at the Garage Logic page, which a lot of people do, it's a great way to interact with the listeners. Sure, right. He said, "Heads up, Al Franken is out." So really? that's how I learned. That's how you can't, you know, you can't beat that kind of tipping. Just in case, not every television on here <laughs> at home on the radio on your way into work wasn't discussing that. Dennis had us covered. That's why we have the most. Faithful and best listeners of all radio listeners in the in the world. You know, he must have gotten together with the uh, the big shots, yep. Schumer, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and and they said, "Look, you're going to make this sacrifice for us. You're yep. you're going to resign, and we'll we'll be the party of virtue." Yeah, it's about to go down. Yeah, and you on the way out, you know, uh, in your speech, rip Trump if you want, you want. Uh, just but you'll you'll be setting us up as. Look at the way this party behaves in the face of sexual misconduct allegations. We we resign. We take the high road. Kind of a weird way to pat yourself on the back, but yes. And then and then uh, and and Franken is right. There's he 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 can he gets to, he gets to own this line. There is tremendous irony in him resigning when the occupant of the Oval Office is on tape uh, discussing the uh, graphic things he liked to get away with with women. So there's irony there. There's uh, irony. There is a, there's some there's some irony there, but but also that was out before he was elected. So people well, knew many, that he many, was still many of the Franken allegations were prior to his election. No, but my the distinction there would be everybody knew about that and still voted for this guy. Oh, I see it. what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I'm not that it's any better or any worse. Then he took a shot at Roy Moore, mm-hmm. uh, and and again, this was the uh, Democrats. Uh, circling their wagons, and uh, Franken, to his credit, in, at least in their eyes, this is all my speculation, by the sure. way, I have okay. no idea. Uh, Franken, to to his credit, at least in the eyes of of his uh, lodge mates, he uh, said, "Okay, I, I get it. We'll we'll set the party up here as the party of virtue, and I'll I'll bite the bullet. I'll resign." Okay. 
and he did. And he'll what? He'll work through the end of the year? Uh, that's what I'm, uh, that's what it looks like, yes. I have Governor Dayton's statement. Oh, he, uh, okay, what did he say? Just, uh, did he announce any uh, replacement? He said, I extend my deepest regrets to the women who have had to endure their unwanted experiences with Senator Franken as a personal friend. My heart also goes out to Al and his family during this difficult time. In other respects, Al Franken has been an outstanding senator. He has been, as Senator Paul Wellstone, uh, you know, with Wellstone, aren't they living in the past pretty much? Uh, I really, uh, I didn't like his politics, but I liked his passion. I liked the guy, Paul Wellstone. That's not what I asked. I don't know why they're clinging to his politicalness still. He's been gone, unfortunately, for a while. 12 years. No. 15 years. Oh, two. It's 15. What do you got? 15 years. Dayton said he has been, as Senator Paul Wellstone used to say, a senator from the Democratic wing of the Democratic Party. He is very smart, very hardworking, and very committed to Minnesota. I wish him well in his future endeavors. Events have unfolded quickly. Thus, I, it's a much it's it's more pleasant to read Dayton's statement than to hear him say it, isn't it? Right. It, it just flows right. better. Uh, thus, I have not yet decided on my appointment to fill this oncoming, uh, upcoming vacancy. I expect to make and announce my decision in the next couple of days. I will have no further comment on this subject until that time. Mm. And then we get a statement from Tina Smith, possibly possibly her first ever statement. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen many. As Lieutenant Governor. Right. Uh, that's boilerplate. There's no need to read it. But that, that would be my guess that, uh, you know, nothing is uh, nothing goes uncontrived in the political class. They're on a parallel rail to the rest of us. And it was uh, set up in such a way that, that Al got to go out as a white knight. Uh, so to speak, right? Yep. And and uh, and now his uh, his party can uh, uh, can flex their muscles and say, "Well, look at how we handle this thing, right?" Compared to the way the Republicans handle it, and uh, and and I think Senator Franken also still with his his parting shot at uh, the current president, still not owning up, saying, "Hey, look what he did," and he's still there. That's well, still a last ditch effort he, he, to. He, as part of the theater, as part of the calculation, he probably had to take that shot. This this was very thought out. Again, mm-hmm. this is my speculation. Okay. This was very thought out, very planned. And uh, as part of the schematic, he had to take that shot, and he had to take the shot at more. And so what he's basically saying is, how will America judge the Republican Party? Look how, look how America now can trust us, that can judge us on our uh, sense of virtue, that we know— we know what the right thing to do is. He resents the hell out of it. And the reason I have this speculation is I don't think he wanted to resign. He did not. There's no way he no wanted way to. No way in hell. He thought, listen, I'm a, I'm a man of the people and I'm, in the, I'm a lefty, so I can be excused for a lot of this. I'll apologize, take ownership of it, but they're not. I'm so liberal. Well, he wanted to go through the ethics committee process, probably figuring that he would survive that. And, time and, he, heals and, he may, and he may very well would have survived that. Uh, I don't think he—this is why I say I think he was called into the back room and said this is what's going to happen. And they got him to buy it. I don't know that he could have been promised anything. I don't think he has a political future. So I don't know, I don't know what was in it for Al. 
it's hard to believe that Al did it because he's altruistic. That, that I find that difficult to believe. But maybe they maybe there's something in it for him. I don't know. But he had to he had to throw himself under the bus in order for the party to rise above the fray. Mm. But I don't know what's in it for Al. If, well, if, if anything. If and now anything. now we start to looking to uh, Governor Dayton to find a uh, a replacement. When does his um his term ends? When when does uh, Franken's term end? A year and a half, or two years? Forget Just a minute, I'm reading a text from okay. the chief offsite correspondent. Yeah. I don't know. I could look it up quick. I don't know either. But now it's going to be up to Governor Dayton to say, here's who. And it might be Patrick. You know, Patrick's a liberal. Tossed his hat in the ring. He tossed his hat in the ring. It could be Patrick. Yeah. It's just for a It's like when Dean Barkley had to finish off, when Governor Ventura appointed uh, Senator Dean Barkley to finish off the uh, Senator Paul Wellstone. The chief offsite correspondent wonders, how could a Democratic Senate, uh, a Dem senator, be any less effective than he has been? I was amazed that he didn't object to anonymous charges being proof of guilt. Isn't facing one's accusers a bedrock value? Yes, it is. He admitted nothing. How can he slink away if he has done nothing? Well, that's that. That's why I think this was constructed as a <clears throat> uh, as a as a production. This he won. Was a, this was a calculated production. Sorry. Yes. He won re-election in 2014. So 2020. So mm-hmm. it would be there's about two years left. So Tina Smith will get two years. Dayton will probably appoint Tina Smith. And and part of the theater would be, let's replace men with women. Uh, men seem to be having a hard time uh, getting their act together. So let's put a woman in there and see how she does to work side by side with our Amy. Let's put the best qualified candidate well, that isn't, there. That isn't going to happen. That isn't going to happen. Regardless the, the, other reason, the other reason they can get away with this theater is they hold the seat. They got a Democratic governor. They got a Mysterian governor in Minnesota. He's not going to let the party down. Uh-huh. He'll give them. He'll give them uh, 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 someone at least as uh, liberal as Franken. So that part's done. That that was why they could they could bring about the theater. They they get to keep the seat and they get to keep it in like minded hands. Hmm. Uh, a question that's bo- been going around is: Do you think this theater would have taken place if the governor of Minnesota today was a Republican? Hell no. Not, yeah. Hell no. They wouldn't have let Franken resign knowing that a Republican would have installed a Republican. Right. Or such as whatever <laughs> passes for a Republican these days. No, this this all worked out because he, back home here they got Dayton. Dayton can appoint a Mysterian. Uh, Al gets to be the one who goes out in a in a, 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 a the, the cloud of virtue, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then he gets to they get to say, look how we handle this compared to the way the Republican Party handles it, including the very current occupant of the Oval Office. So, wow, you, this is messed up. There you have it. There you very have messed it. up. There you have it. Erred, I erred, I erred. On what? Well, whoever Dayton appoints would uh, face, there'd be an election in 2018 and then another one in 2020. So whoever Dayton appoints would would ostensibly serve until the election of 2018, a special election. And then whoever got elected on that occasion uh, would have to run again in 2020. So I made an, I made an error. Many people... Wishing to point that out. That you made an error or yeah. just to yeah. correct the error? Jeff? Yes. Go ahead. 
Uh, no, I just I just read it on a little blurb that he would probably you know have to have a special election in 2018, just like they do for those state senators. Yep. Or yep. Rep- yep. Yes. It's, uh, I think it's the length of the term more than anything. It was a, just a sh- I think there was just a short length to Wellstones that he filled out the rest of it. You know that uh, that fellow you mentioned, uh, Dean Barkley. Dean Barkley. Yes. Yeah. All right. So all that's right. all I have to say. But all have right. a good day, boys. All right. Thank you. Maybe Senator Barkley is available again. So let's say it's Tina Smith. Okay. Uh, there'll be an election in less than a year. That's how long she'd serve, guaranteed. Okay. Then, then a special election for that seat, and then the winner would be in a traditional race in November of 2020. Or the Republicans and the Democrats would, would fight for that seat. I guess. Okay. Today's Pearl Harbor Day, 76 years ago today. That's why most flags are at uh, half-staff. Mm-hmm. 76th anniversary of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, just before 8 a.m. on Sunday. Remind me, I want to ask Dave Dahl, what was the He's told us before. I want to know what the weather was like in the Twin Cities or Minnesota on December 7, 1941. Dave probably writing that note down as he's writing in right now. Writing in right now. Just before 8 a.m. on Sunday, December 7, 1941, hundreds of Japanese planes made a surprise raid on Pearl Harbor, the major U.S. Navy base near Honolulu. During the raid, which was launched from aircraft carriers, nearly 20 American naval vessels, including eight battleships, were damaged or destroyed as well as more than 300 aircraft. More than 2,400 Americans died in the attack, including civilians, and at least 1,000 were wounded. Wow. And then so many 16- and 17-year-olds fudged their age in order to go fight the fight. Mm -hmm. As of July this year, only five survivors of the USS Arizona uh, are alive. The ship hit most heavily in the raid. They are Lauren Bruner of La Mirada, California, Lou Conter of Grass Valley, California, Lonnie Cook of Morris, Oklahoma, Ken Potts of Provo, Utah, and Donald Stratton of Colorado Springs. All are in their mid-90s. I wonder if they have um, uh, one of those uh, agreements. A lot of times these veterans will have buy a nice bottle of scotch yeah. Really nice bottle, yeah. And the last one living, yeah. gets the bottle of scotch right. or whiskey or whatever it is. Beyond those who survived in the USS Arizona, the totals are less clear and depend on just who you are counting as survivors. In March of this year, the oldest living survivor of the attacks was Californian Ray Chavez, uh, who was a hundred and five. Oh wow! Yeah, Ray. He was aboard a minesweeper, the Condor, when the raid occurred. So we're, we're running out of these wonderful humans. One of the neatest things at the airport to see is these these honor flights when these World War II vets hop on and go to uh, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, they absolutely, it's just, it's fun to see them fly out and come back. I've never witnessed one. Uh, you must have seen one on on your way somewhere. Or yeah, something. we were heading somewhere, and they were had the big flight coming in, and uh, all those guys they just sit and give each other crap. Yeah, hey, you Navy guy. Yep. Well, I'll talk slow then. You know they do all. They, do they say, did they say to each other, "You go, you been in Naples? Yeah, Marcos Island." <laughs> but it's just it's it's really neat to see, and if you have a chance, if you you can sponsor these veterans. 
One guy was trying to get me to do a program several years ago, mm-hmm. a listener, mm-hmm. and I just I didn't have the time to do it. But it's really, really neat to see. That's a wonderful. And we're like you said, we're losing all these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I to pardon? Uh, uh, Tim on line three. Tim. Hi, Tim. Uh, afternoon. Um, I was just <laughs> mentioning that uh, the the, the uh, gentleman that served on the USS Arizona, the surviving. Uh, gentlemen usually have their ashes in turn back uh, on the USS Arizona right. once they pass away right. and uh, go back with their shipmates. So, Is the Arizona the one that you can walk over? Yes. All right. I, I've never done that. I'd like to do that someday. Um, neither have I, and I agree I would like to do that right. too. So, Thank you. I mean, oil slicks are still coming up. Yeah, that's a bucket list. Isn't that something? Yeah. Will that last forever? Will those oil slicks be coming up forever? Uh, well, I would imagine because it must be the slow leak, huh? So not forever, but or a long time. One hell of a lot of oil in that boat. Yeah. Is John Height ready? He's uh, he's printing out his newscast. The chief correspondent, offsite correspondent, notes. That his sister died on Pearl Harbor Day in 1970 at the age of 20 of Hodgkin's lymphoma. So this day is never forgotten. Ever since then, our family has mourned both the vets, including oh. our father who served in Europe, and our sister. Well, we remember her as well then. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Sunny and 16 degrees. This update brought to you by Pleasureland RVs. Carl Anthony Towns, 21 points, 12 rebounds. The Timberwolves beat the Clippers last night, 113 to 107. Why doesn't he do that every night? <laughs> yep. We're done. Timberwolves are now 15 and 11 on the season. Up next, they'll open a five-game homestand Sunday night against Dallas. Uh, the Twins used some of that international signing bonus money that Shohei Otani said he didn't want from them to get two prospects yesterday. Otani coming to the major leagues out of Japan narrowed the list of clubs he'd go to down to seven, and the Twins, of course, were not on that list. So last night, the Twins sent $1 million to the Angels in exchange for outfielder Jacob Pearson, a third-round pick from this year's draft, and the Twins then sent $1 bucks to the Mariners for catcher David Benuelos, a fifth-round Pick. One of my favorite things when the Twins make a move like this is to monitor social media, Twitter oh, most specifically, God. and watch the mouth-breathing, payroll-whining sheep that complain about the cheap poll ads and mm-hmm. watching them interact yeah. with Mr. Mackey. They, 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 they were calling them cheap because they were trading away this money. Do, do these people not realize that this money would go away if they yeah. don't? The player that they wanted didn't want to come here. Right. Yeah, he wouldn't come here. They couldn't get him here they, no He wants to play what. on the West Coast. But the people were complaining. He didn't even want to play for the Yankees. No, no. he wants to play on the yeah. West Coast. So the Twins were never in in, in contention for him. I think it's funny. The ambassador to the United- <laughs> I think it I think it causes you anger. It does, but what I take more delight in is because it makes Mackie even more mad, which yeah. then causes me to have delight. Are you down on my guy Phil? No, 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 oh, not okay. at all. Because okay. Phil responds to these idiots. Yeah. I leave him alone. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't respond. Yeah. yeah. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley said last night it's an open question whether U.S. athletes will attend the upcoming Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea. She made the announcement in a Fox News appearance saying no final decision had yet been made. Meanwhile, at today's White House press briefing last hour, Sarah Sanders said there is still no decision on whether or not U.S. uh, US athletes will attend. You know what? You know what? Maybe it's just me, but you know what that leads suspicion to? Hmm. That Trump's. Saying, okay, Pewty, if you can't have your people there, we won't be there either. But they'll probably say that the 
the conditions are dangerous to be in that part of the world at that time. Uh, that ah. was that was what Nikki Haley said yeah. last night. That uh, depending on the conditions, what's going on in the area. I had a young person bet me last night that the U.S. would not be at the Olympics because of the Putin uh, connection. Mm-hmm. Well, not only to mention, what is this crazy nutcase going to do that's in the north? Are the Olympics there? Uh, I have no idea. Mm. News notes from today. Al Franken facing allegations from multiple women of inappropriate sexual conduct announced today he'll resign from the U.S. Senate. His replacement will be appointed by Governor Mark Dayton in saying coming weeks, Franken left it unclear what exactly he would step down date-wise. Political analysts expect the governor's appointment would be made quickly given the importance of the vote. Franken never specifically acknowledged any wrongdoing during his speech today. He said some of the allegations are simply not true. Others, he said, I remember differently. He noted that he well, was... Well, he can't very well deny the photograph. Yeah. He didn't bring up the photograph. All right. I mean, that's for everyone to see. Right. The other stuff he can deny. Mm-hmm. But there's a photograph of him playing Kamin Rangoon. Right. Franken noted he was being forced out while President Trump, who's been a- accused of worst offenses and bragged on a leaked access Hollywood of grabbing women by their genitalia, emerged unscathed. He called it ironic. Why have that? Why have not those women come forward? They have, in fact, one's in court right now. Oh, okay. The court case is ongoing. All right. Uh, the president yesterday, I didn't have this in the news, but said uh, he didn't have time to take part in the trial uh-huh. because he was president. Well, he's so. president. Got it. Very busy. A St. Paul restaurant worker seriously hurt in a hit and run November 26th has died, according to St. Paul police. Was this the one on his bike? Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to authorities, Jose Hernandez Solano was leaving the St. Paul Brasa Rotisserie location after his shift that night. He was on his bike wearing a helmet and a lit headlamp when he was hit by the uh, in the intersection excuse me, of Grand Avenue and 7th Street West by the driver of an SUV who ran a red light and hit him without stopping. Authorities are still looking for information about the vehicle. It's believed to be a tan or beige SUV with front end, uh, front end damage. And friends have asked anyone who has any information to come forward. Uh, police say they would also like to hear from people who know anything about the incident. Clashes between hundreds of Palestinian protesters and Israeli troops erupted across the West Bank today while demonstrators in Gaza burned posters of President Trump and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as Israeli and U.S. flags. Leader of the Hamas militant group, which runs Gaza, called for a new armed uprising and a widespread show of anger over the president's move to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. In the West Bank, crowds of protesters set uh, tires on fire and hurled stones at anti-riot troops. I I saw some video of that, by the way. They must not play a lot of baseball in Palestine. Bad throwing? Yeah. and (laughs) Bad throwing. I mean, stone throwing in this day and age. It just, uh, there's so many other ways you could efficiently get your... your, your feelings your out there, just throwing a stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump's break yesterday with decades of U.S. policy on Jerusalem counters longstanding international assurances to the Palestinians that the fate of the city of Jerusalem would be determined in negotiations. The Palestinians seek Israeli annexed East Jerusalem, captured by Israel in 1967. There have been Jewish big league ball players, but yes. I doubt if there's ever been a Palestinian yeah. big league ball player. There's not a lot of good form. Didn't yeah. they have a decent run in the World Baseball Classic recently? <laughs> Are Are you being serious? serious? No, I'm dead serious. Uh, That I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that a lot of players would be their coach. I'm trying to. I'm going to look it up because I remember. I remember Pat referencing it because I think a lot of players, you know, were were Americans, but they had it in their heritage in some way. Because they'll take anybody. You know, if you went on an extended vacation in Mexico, you were qualifying for the team. If you went to look at tulips, they'd take you on the Dutch team. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) We're talking about Palestinians. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe Chris. 
thought we meant Israelis because I no, think they did. And he's capable of that, given yes. which is why the scan they had a fund. Just, hey, speaking there. of that, here we yeah. go. Yeah. Speaking oh, of that, uh oh, Greg Holcomb, by the way, oh. the garage Speak, logic artist. Speaking of the scan, <laughs> the the, uh, the poster is up on the GL webpage. He did the uh, the brain scan, Johnny. You saw this, right? I did. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Good. It pretty is good. very it's good. Easy as one, two, four. <laughs> and more more about Holcomb will be heard next Tuesday during the sports fantasy yes. auction. We have probably probably one of the most unique items in the auction involving Mr. Holcomb that mm-hmm. somebody's going to be very lucky to be part of. Mm-hmm. Authorities say three people are dead, including the shooter, after a shooting at a New Mexico high school. San Juan County Sheriff Ken Christensen told reporters that three people believed to be students died Thursday at Aztec High School. New Mexico police said via Twitter the shooter among the deceased. The victim's families have been notified. According to state police, there were no other injuries. It's not immediately clear if the shooting happened inside the school or who was suspected of firing the shots. San Juan County Sheriff's Lieutenant Kyle Lincoln said that law enforcement are clearing the building and searching the school to make sure it's all clear. New Mexico State Police taking over the investigation and federal authorities are also looking into what led to the shooting. Other schools in the area were locked down as a precaution. Authorities say it could be late afternoon before the lockdowns are lifted. A crowd of nervous parents gathering to Aztec City Hall to wait for more info. Aztec, a rural community of 6,500 people in the heart of northwestern New Mexico's oil and gas country and near the Navajo Nation. Its main street is lined by old brick buildings that date back more than 100 years. Not a lot of details here. Three people taken to the hospital following what is being called a serious collision near Liberty Street and Broadway in New York City, just blocks from One World Trade Center in lower Manhattan. It happened about 1.20 local time. The victims hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. The cause of the collision not immediately clear. Uh, clear. Police are questioning the driver. The area was the site of police activity over a suspicious package earlier today. There's no indication, early anyway, that the two incidents are related. Police did give the all-clear after the sweep by a bomb squad for that first hmm. incident. It's unnerving. Strap hangers in Berlin were in for a surprise yesterday. U2's Bono and The Edge took a trip on the Berlin subway line that shares the band's name and played a short concert on an underground platform. Musicians took a special train from the Olympic Stadium near the western end of the U2 line to the Deutsche Oper stop. Local radio station Radio Eins, which gave out tickets for the ride, said about 120 people joined them on the train. Bono and the Edge played a few songs on the platform at Deutsche Oper to wrap up their appearance, which follows the release of their new album, Songs of Experience. Tickets did go on sale earlier this week for the new Innocence Tour. They like Berlin, don't they? They do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I ever brought it up. John, John was right. It, it, you're, you're thinking Israel. It was, it, was, it, it was Israel. I thought it would be strange that there would be a Palestinian team because yeah. I don't think a lot of countries recognize yeah. Palestine as a country. So. Hey, close enough. That's it. Show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's just looking for the stinger. <laughs> no, that was that was. What for time the is it? Oh yeah. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Sujuray. What are you doing? Weather, strange effect. 
is a very popular song now, The Shacks, This Strange Effect. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. Clouds are increasing up to our north, but uh, for now we've got quite a bit of sunshine out there. It's struggling to get up close to 20 for the afternoon high. Currently we're at 16 with a wind chill of 3 above. Tonight's low only dropping down to 15, so we're not going to cool off too much. Cloudy skies tomorrow morning, and then some light snow develops in the afternoon through the evening. An inch or two possible here in southern Minnesota, as well as the eastern or western portions of Wisconsin. Highs tomorrow up to around 27 degrees. Saturday, only 20 as a cold front comes through after that snow uh, ends on Saturday morning. A cool, cooler air mass moves in, so 20 for the high on Saturday, 32 though on Sunday. And with that warmer air, some more light snow possible Monday into Tuesday of next week before the next shot of cold air arrives. So 32 on Sunday drops to a high of 20 by Tuesday. Again, today, Joe, we're going for a high of around 20 with a mix of clouds and sun. Currently, we're at 16 above. You got your little uh, record book with you? I do. What do you need? I just want to know, what was it like here in the Twin Cities on December 7, 1941? December 7th. 1941. uh, Can you give me like a minute here? Sure. It's probably about 20 degrees. I bet it was much like today. Based on zero experience with any weather, I have December it in my mind 7th. that it might have been balmy. Mm. You can you can tell us in the yeah, next. I'll segment. tell you in the next. I'll get, okay. get it for you. Right. December seventh, nineteen forty-one, Pearl Harbor Day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I will check it out. All Thanks, right. bro. Uh, learn more here by accident and elsewhere by design. Yes. Due to our loyal listeners, mm-hmm. uh, Tom H writes from the History Channel. Fuel continues to leak from the USS Arizona's wreckage. On December 6, 1941, the Arizona took on a full load of fuel, nearly 1.5 million gallons, in preparation for its scheduled trip to the mainland later that month. Hmm. The next day, much of it fed the explosion and subsequent fires that destroyed the ship following its attack by Japanese bombers. However, despite the raging fire and ravages of time, some 500,000 gallons are still slowly seeping out of the ship's submerged wreckage mm. uh, nearly 70 years after its demise. So this was about, what, s- six years ago okay. on the History Channel? Uh, Arizona continues to spill up to nine quarts of oil into the harbor each day. In the mid-90s, environmental concerns led the National Park Service to commission a series of studies to determine the long-term effects of the oil leakage Some scientists have warned of a possible catastrophic eruption of oil from the wreckage, which they believe would cause extensive damage to the Hawaiian shoreline and disrupt U.S. naval functions. Mm. The NPS and other governmental agencies continue to monitor the deterioration of the wrecked site, but are reluctant to perform extensive repairs or modifications due to the Arizona's role as a war grave. Got it. In fact, the oil that often coats the surface of the water surrounding the ship has added an emotional gravity for many who visit the memorial and is sometimes referred to as the Tears of the Arizona or Black Tears. I prefer Black Tears. Okay. Uh, It sounds like uh, Gary Keeler is not going to go down as quietly as we might have thought he was. Uh Uh-huh. It's being reported that he is saying that Minnesota Public Radio should not have dismissed him last week without fully investigating what the radio station has called multiple allegations. Okay. John McTaggart, CEO of NPR's parent company, uh, APMG, whatever that is. America Public Radio Group? Public Media Group, Public maybe? Media Group, excuse me. Told employees Wednesday that the allegations against the 75-year-old former uh, Prairie Home Companion host covered an extended period of time but he provided no details. 
In an email late Wednesday, Keeler told the Associated Press that NPR has made an enormous mistake by not conducting a full and fair investigation. An NPR spokeswoman told the AP last week that two people made complaints against Keeler, though only one claimed his behavior was directed at her. Keeler's attorney, Eric Nilsson, said Thursday that he knows of only one person making allegations against Keeler. Nilsson says McTaggart must set the record straight. I would think so. Of course. McTaggart on Thursday. Uh, meanwhile, on Thursday, NPR insisted it carefully investigated complaints from two people of inappropriate behavior by Keeler before it terminated its contracts with the uh, with Keeler. In a statement to the AP, NPR said the complaints came from two people formerly associated with the show. It says they allege multiple incidents, though only one claimed the behavior was directed at her. But it sounds like he's willing to say, well, yeah, let's see what it is. Why don't you check it out before you uh, dismiss me write the whole thing off. Right. See? And, and this gets us back to Franken. Uh, he is going quietly. He's not contesting anything, even though he's never admitted to anything. He's allowing himself to resign, even though nothing's been proven against him. Mm -hmm. And now I thought Keeler was going to go down the same road. I did too. But Keeler's now saying, "Well, wait a minute here. You you fired me in haste. You didn't even you didn't even uh, you didn't even uh, check this out. You did not fully investigate this." <laughs> I still wonder if that was him who called yesterday. I'm not sure who that was. I'm not sure who that was. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have a slight make-a-move that's just a, a developing or uh, going on right now. It is westbound 36, right at Hamlin and Lexington. Oh, it looks like right by the Hamlin exit. Before you hit Snelling, there is a car. I don't know if it's up on the... the uh, Why don't you just give the make-a-move? The guard there, it's the left lane is closed, and there's a major slowdown. So, Which direction? That's westbound. Westbound. Westbound 36. 36. At First Ham thing I said, at, at Hamlin. Uh, Fact-based, okay. do you remember we, uh, or I brought up the story of the teen in Iran who claimed to have had 50 surgeries to make her look more like Angelie Jolie? Yeah. Hey, and I was, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Finish, finish your yes. I'm no, sorry. no. What is it? Director of social well, media? Dave, Dave just wanted to know if you wanted him. Oh, back. yeah. Here we go. Go ahead, yeah. Dave. Yeah, Hi, Joe, Dave. you were absolutely right. It December was 7th, 1941, it was 40 okay. for a high. All right. And 28 for a low. So um, barely getting below freezing that day. It was a nice day. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Thanks, bro. Thank you. The teen. Why don't you hold on to that? You know, uh, let's um, you know, uh, let's that story. I honestly, I can't wait to revisit that just, story. Uh, but let's you know, let's dial her back. If it ain't one of you, it's uh, either it's one both. of you. It's uh, both. It's both. Fifteen hundred ESPN presents fifty-two super stories leading up to the big game. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Here's Patrick Royce. Number seven on the list of the grade eight Super Bowls was also number 25 overall. New York Giants 20, Buffalo Bills 19 on January 27th, 1991 in Tampa. This came a week after the start of the Gulf War. The country was in a patriotic frenzy and Whitney Houston's pregame rendition of the Star Spangled Banner still lives in infamy. Oh, 
This game always has a strong place in my memory for two reasons. One, I was in Buffalo and watched the Bills demolish Oakland 51-3 in the AFC title game, and honest to goodness, uh, with superstars like Bruce Smith and Corny Bennett on defense and Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Reed, and James Lofton on offense, I thought that was the best NFL team I had ever seen. Number two, Vincent Gallo made a tremendous movie surrounding that game, Buffalo 66, in which a former kicker turned local villain named Scott Wood owns a gentleman's club in Buffalo and Gallo sees his life having been ruined by a bet he made on the Bills to win that game. Bill Parcells and the Giants had won a Super Bowl 39-20 four years earlier and the Giants had lost Sims to a broken foot in the 14th game and Jeff Hostetler had taken over as quarterback. Bill Belichick was the Giants' defensive coordinator and plotted a strategy to take away the quick routes from Kelly. Ron Earhart and Tom Coughlin plotted the same style of ball control offense the Giants had used against the Bears and the 49ers. Giants set a Super Bowl best by holding the ball for 40 minutes, 33 seconds. They had a touchdown drive in the third quarter that took 9 minutes and 29 seconds with Otis Anderson, the game's MVP, scoring on a one-yard run. Touchdown, Anderson! That is one of the great drives in Super Bowl history. The Giants then had a field goal drive that ended at the Bills 3, and that one took 7 minutes and 32 seconds. Barr's field goal made it 20-19. The Bills started at their 10 with 2.16 left, made it to the Giants 29, and then Scott Norwood missed the 47-yard field goal to the right in the final second. Now Norwood tries to kick his longest ever on grass. photographers and people all over the field, but the clock still has four seconds on it. <laughs> it was the first of four straight Super Bowl losses for the Bills, but it sure made for a great move. 52 Super Stories continues next week. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. And for more details on Super Bowl 52 coming to the Twin Cities in 2018, sign up for the host committee email at mnsuperbowl.com.